Have you ever asked yourself that? God, what are you after? What are you looking for? What, what, what do you need and what do I need in this? I want you to see in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, chapter 11 verse number 6, the Bible says this, but without what? You say it. Faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible. It doesn't say without faith, God might have a hard time. No, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And the reality is this, I have lived my life and my wife and together in ministry and serving the Lord and, and as parents and as a wife and as a, as a mother, we've lived our lives wanting to please the Lord. I've come this week and my reality of coming this week is I wanted to be a friend to your pastor, but even more than that, I wanted to please the Lord. I wanted to, to, to be pleasing to God. I wanted to give the staff what they needed to help them so they could be pleasing to the Lord. I preached this morning and, and had a, uh, such an enjoyable time preaching, but my heart this morning was not necessarily so that you enjoyed the message. My heart this morning was I wanted to be pleasing to the Lord. Because I believe every one of us we're going to stand before God one day and we're going to give an account for our life. And, and I more than anything want to hear, well done, thou good. And, 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 and uh, well done, thou good, and what? Faithful servant. That's my desire. And I know that's your desire here this evening as well. And I know this, that every season of life that God allows us to go through, and every season He allows my family to be in, every season He allows our church to be in, then He has a plan, He has a purpose, and I want to know that plan, and I want to know that purpose so I can be pleasing to Him. But the Bible says without faith, it's impossible. You know, I find oftentimes in my life, I'm the kind of person, I like to weigh things out. Do you ever put pros and cons on a list and weigh it out? And, you know, if there's, more, if there's no more pros and cons, it must be good. The reality is this, God doesn't have to have more pros and cons in order for it to be good. We as humans like to analyze things and look at things and, and, and watch things. And, and God is saying, just simply trust me. It's not in the good times that those, those principles we can depend upon. We, we know they're true when we're on the mountaintop and everything looks beautiful and life is great and the bills are paid and the kids are healthy and the marriage is going well and the job, I'm getting promotions. It's easy to believe the promises. It's easy to say all things work together for good. Isn't it working together for good? It's wonderful to quote that verse when everything's working together for good. But when we get to the place where it seems like nothing's working together, for good, when it seems like the bottom is dropping out, when it seems like there's problems and there's sickness and there's financial pain, those are the times that God says, I want you to stick it out. I want you to believe me. I want you to uh, adhere to my promises. I want you to believe that I'm God. I want you to believe that I'm still on my throne. I've said this to God so often. Especially over the last several months, I've said, God, I want to be in your will. I want to be doing your work. I want to be in so deep in faith that if you let me go, I drown. That's how deep I want to be. I want to be in so deep that if God says, I drown. 
I don't want to play it safe. I, I, don't, I don't want to have one foot in deep and the other one just in case God doesn't come through. I don't want to have a plan B. Someone said to me one time not long ago, what would, what would you do if you couldn't pastor? I'd said, I'd die. I'd die. What, what would you do if, it, if, if, if this didn't work out? I'd die. So what do you mean by that? I know this is what God's called me to. There is no plan B. Listen to me, there's no plan B in my marriage. There's no plan B as a father. There's no plan B as a pastor. And there's no plan B for your life either. Because God's not interested in what we would do if things went wrong. He's interested in us stepping out by faith and trusting Him through every season of our life. Because there's a purpose. My faith must remain in His purpose. And that's what I've noticed about this passive scripture in my life as I realize this. My faith can't be in my plan. My faith can't be in what, what, where my strength is. My faith must be in His purpose. Trusting Him. I ask the Lord often, why would you allow it? I'm not going to get into every, every detail of things, but I would ask the Lord often, Lord, why would you let this happen? Why would you want this to happen? And so often the Lord would speak to my heart and He'd say this, I just want you to trust me. Trust me. I, I, I at times would think that I'm trusting the Lord because the, everything was good. And I, I love good. How many of you love good? As I said this morning, who, who woke up this morning and said, Lord, let it just thunder and storm on my life. That's what I'm asking you to do. No, we said, Lord, bless today. But listen to me, if he chooses to give us what we didn't ask for, he's still good. If, 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 if our season that we're in isn't the season that we're enjoying, he's still faithful. And I ask you this evening, church, how's your faith? Because it's so easy at times when things don't go our way to, to pack up and just run. That's not faith. Listen, those that maybe are struggling in their marriage today and, and, and battling, and maybe, maybe as you drove into church this evening, you're saying, I don't know if I could take another week of this. I want you to know that you can. You can because God has power available to you. You can because the Holy Spirit of God dwells inside of you. You can, and by faith, you can trust God to heal anything. You say, you don't know what he or she has done. They've hurt me in this marriage. They've hurt me in this relationship. I believe this, that you can have forgiveness and there can be reconciliation. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God can do that work in you. If you'll trust him, if you'll trust him. There's no problem you're facing this evening. That if you'll trust God and walk by faith, that He won't take that season and show you a purpose for it. Do you trust Him? I used to take one of my children, and boy, it frustrated me so bad, Pastor. It frustrated me so bad with one of my kids. I'd pick them up, and, and I'd play a game with them. I'd put them on the kitchen counter, and I would say, jump. Now, it wasn't like... They weren't teenagers. They were little kids, you know. 
there were teenagers, I'd say, my back's hurting, you get down, climb down. But I mean, just, they were just little kids, and I'd walk up to this one, this specific one, and the others would let me do it when they were young. I'd walk up to this one, and they would just, they would like plant themselves, like, you know, stick to the ground. And I'd say, let me pick you up. And they'd say, no, you're going to drop me. I said, I'm just, I know, I want you to trust me. I want to pick you up. And they'd fight me and they'd get nervous and start crying and yell, Mommy, he's hurting me, you know. And, and, and I'd put them on the counter and I'd say, No, I want, you to, I want you to jump. I want you to see that daddy's going to catch you. And they'd cry. They wouldn't do it. They'd cry. And I'll be honest with you, I got frustrated as a dad. And this is why I got frustrated. And I said to them, Do you think that I would do something to you that would hurt you? Do you think that I would put you in a place that I couldn't catch you? Do you really think, what do you think of me as your dad if you think that I'm going to hurt you? And I literally would get frustrated and I would make them do it. I would force them to do it even more so because I wanted them to know that no matter what, they can trust their father. No matter what, I'm not going to put them in a place that they're going to fall. I'm not going to put them in a place where I can't catch them. I wasn't going to put them in a situation where they were left all by themselves to defend for themselves. And listen to me this evening, that's exactly, I believe, how God feels about us. We fight Him. I'm not going to let you do this to me. I'm not going to let you put me there. It's a place full of fear. It's a place full of trembling. And what we're saying is, God, I don't think that you can catch me. And, And I think God's saying, I wouldn't put you in a place that I can't catch you. I wouldn't lift you up to a place I wouldn't remember that you're there. I wouldn't put you on a place and walk away and forget or think that something else or someone else is more important. I thought about that times that I would do that to my children and that came rehearsing back in my mind without faith. It's impossible to please Him. And I began to say, God, wherever you have my wife, wherever you have me, wherever you have our family, I understand this is a place that you've placed us. I'm scared to death. And God, I'm tired of crying. And I'm tired of watching this happen to someone I love. But God, I trust you. And God, I believe that you have us in a place where you have it under control. I learned faith. I want you to turn with me to the book of Galatians, if you would, please. Galatians chapter 6. Number one, the Lord showed me that without faith it's impossible to please Him. My faith increased. I trusted Him. Number two, Galatians chapter six, verse number two, the Bible says this, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Number two, it caused me to see 
it caused me to understand, it caused me to want to help others who are in great need. I, 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 I am that guy, and I try so often to change. And with the Lord's help, I pray I am. I am that guy that I can run 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Nothing, nothing gets in my way. Not even people with needs. I'm the fellow, just come to me and ask me, and I'll tell you what your problem is and what you need to know. The problem is somebody would come, and I would, even before they would even get out what their problem is, I would tell them what their problem is, and I'd tell them what the answer was, and I'd leave. And I'd leave saying, look at me, I just solved their problem. And they're sitting there saying, what is he talking about? When God brings you through hurt and God brings you through trials and God brings you through burdens, I believe one of the reasons he does this is so that you're more sensitive toward the needs of other people. I've sat in hospital rooms longer than I've ever sat in hospital rooms before. I, I, I'd have a schedule. I'm going to stick to this schedule. So I've got 10 minutes to spend with you. And so come in, tell me what you need, and then I'm leaving. I've got the next person to run to. You know what I've said? Now that schedule goes out the window. Somebody is hurting. I'm going to, I'm going to be there. People don't think bad of me. Would you tell your church not to think bad of me? Thank you. People used to bother me. I'm trying to pastor here. Your problems aren't helping me. They think bad of me now, don't they? No. If you didn't have so many problems, I could be a better pastor. I'd say that to people, not in those words, but how I treated people. I have a fellow that calls me twice a week. He called me the other night in the hotel room. He calls me about 1.30 in the morning. He says, Pastor, dark again I don't know if I can get through this night and before I look at the phone and say oh he's calling again now I look at the phone and say God one of your children need help and I want to help them And that 1.30 phone call doesn't bother me anymore. I don't get angry. I don't get frustrated. Matter of fact, now, to be honest with you, I almost look forward to it because I know this. I've got to go to God on His behalf, and it forces me to pray. I've got a fellow right now in our church. He is, he is contemplating a divorce. He's, he's, he's contemplating moving away from his wife and, and, and just calling it quits and walking away. And he calls me every single day. And he's called me every single day for two months. And he came up to me a couple Wednesday nights ago and in tears after the service, he says, Pastor, I'm so tired of bothering you. I'm so sorry. 
And I looked at his eye and we cried together. I hugged his neck. I said, you're not bothering me. You're forcing me to go to God in prayer. I love you. I care about you. Before I wanted to pastor the perfect church, I, I didn't want problems. I, I didn't want struggles. I, I, I wanted everyone to, to you know, just, just, just be spiritual and walk with God. And don't bother me with those things. And, and the reality now is I see people so different. I see people that want to serve God. I see people that have burdens. I, I, last Saturday, a week ago yesterday, I stood next to a casket of a mom who buried her, her 36-year-old son. He, he hung himself in a park across the street from his house. I just hugged her neck. After that, we left and went to a one-year-old birthday party. And I looked at that family and the laughter and the joy and the, just the, the mood of that day, knowing I just came from a funeral home of tears. What I'm saying is this, God puts you through seasons and He puts you through seasons, church, because He wants you to bear another burden. He does this to you so that you'll be more sensitive to other people's needs. I say this to our church often and they repeat it back. I mean, often I say where there's people and they say there is problems. You know what now I say? And I wouldn't have it any other way. Listen, God has placed you here in this church and He's placed you here to grow and to learn and to abound and to increase. And He also has placed you here to bear someone's burden. I'm talking about a church that goes from, hey, how are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? And live their life the rest of the week not needing the church, not needing the people of church. I'm talking about rooting even deeper when you come to the house of God. People say, I'm here to bear your burden. I'm here to pray with you. When's the last time you shed tears in prayer over a problem that somebody else in your church is having? I'm talking what this does is it puts us from selfish Christianity towards all about me and all of my needs being met and all my problems and, and everything being perfect and everything going my way to come to a place where I say, God, put me in the path of somebody that needs you. Put me in the path of somebody that's dying today. I want to be somebody's great prayer warrior. I met, I met someone. Where is she at? She prays. She told me she was starting to pray during my joke this morning. She was praying for this poor lady that was in this coma. And uh, I'm glad she realized it was just a joke. Where is she at? Is she in here? She's not in here. Someone introduced her this morning and said, if you want your prayers answered, that's who you want to go to. And I thought, oh, if that was a testimony that I had, what better testimony could you have than someone saying they're a friend? They're my burden bearer. The reality is this church is not, a, a, is, is not a museum. There is nobody perfect here. There's no one that goes through life without problems. Everybody here is going through a trial. You either are coming out of a trial, you're in a trial, or you're going to be going into a trial. One of the three. And you need someone to bear your burdens. 
And you need someone to carry you through. And listen to me, if you're not going through that trial, then I, I would say to you this, then find someone that you can love. Find someone that you can hold on to. Find someone that you can pray with. Find someone that you can get to your knees with and pray. And someone that you can bear their burdens. Bear ye one another's burdens. And lastly, my time is gone. Turn with me if you would to 2 Corinthians. Are you with me? 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse number 9 of 2 Corinthians 12. Let me me actually go up a few verses. Verse number 6, For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that which he heareth me of. You know what Paul is talking about here is, I believe that Paul is talking about pride. Paul, Paul was one that he described himself, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. If there was a man that was a, just a, a great Christian, it was Paul. Paul accomplished a lot. But Paul, just like us, he was human, he was flesh, and if not careful, you could let that that greatness exalt you to a place where you thought you were better than somebody else, or you thought, you know, God really needed me. And Paul said this in verse 7, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh. What was that? It was, a, it was the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. There's some... Some people believe that Paul had an eye eye problem, and I don't believe that Paul had an eyesight problem. Some people believe that maybe Paul had, you know, walked with a limp or had some back issues or something, some physical ailment. I believe this. I think that Paul battled with discouragement, depression, anxiety. I think this messenger of Satan to buffet him to buffet him in his mind. Because Paul was... His resume was pretty impressive. Paul was a, a Hebrew of Hebrews. I mean, he knew the law. He said, I, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, God was showing Paul things that he had not shown any other person. God said, you know what, Paul, I need to do? I need to allow this to touch you so that you stay humble. So that you keep things about Christ and not you. And Paul begged in tears and
And then the bedside of my wife begging in tears, God, just take this. Make her what she used to be. Take this away. Paul said this, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I've learned this, that God's grace is sufficient. I've learned this no matter what season it's in, that God has a purpose. And in that season and for that purpose, His grace is all I need. God uses everything for His purpose. I don't walk so fast in our church anymore. I slow down. I don't just walk by people and get to the next place I need to get to anymore. I don't look at a hospital visit or a sick person or a person sitting at the side of a casket or a person who just found out they got cancer. I don't look at those things as problems or hindrances or, or, or delays in my day. I look at those things as divine appointments. At seasons that God allows for someone's life and I look at those and someone will say to me this, Pastor, what do I do? You know what I've learned more now than I've ever learned before? I say, I don't know. But there's a God in heaven that does. And His grace is sufficient. I don't have some paragraph, some sentence, some, some, some little saying, the, no magic potion. To, once I say it, problems are all gone. But I got a God in heaven whose grace is sufficient. I want you to know this. There is a season. And I hope this encourages you. It will end. Seasons end because new seasons begin. And I want to encourage you, church member, get what you need in that season. Don't miss God's purpose. Right now, your time this evening, this week, right now has a purpose. What you're going through, God has a plan. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Learn to love each other. Learn to bear each other's burdens. Learn to grow deeper. I mean, I, I mean get so involved in someone's life that the, the nonsense of this world does You don't even pay attention anymore. And I pray that you do come to a place, whether it be through hurt, through trials, 
But the most wonderful place a Christian can get to is when you understand and you realize God's grace is sufficient. And there's all it is. It's not your plan. It's not your strength. I, I, I wanted to be that person. I always strive to be that person. When you walk in the room, everyone, no matter if they were having a problem or not, everyone was like, oh, good, the pastor's here. Problem solved. Well, when God lets you walk into the bedroom and you can't solve that problem, you learn His grace is sufficient. You learn that His strength is enough. I don't know what season you're going through, but God has a purpose for it. Rely on His strength. Rely on His grace. That and only there is where you're going to find the answers you need. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, God, I pray You help us. Lord, I, I, I don't know what I don't know what each person here is going through. I don't know. But Lord, I know that as humans we struggle. I, I can't believe that I'd be the only one who here in this room is carrying a burden. I know it's not true. There may be some here tonight, Lord, who their marriage is in trouble. There may be someone tonight here that's dealing with fear, dealing with negativity, dealing with discouragement. There may be someone here tonight that is looking at their financial situation and wondering how are we going to make it. Maybe someone tonight that just got a doctor's appointment this week and they've not told a soul. Lord, I don't know who it is who stayed up last evening and once again soaked their pillow with tears. But I do know this, Lord, that your grace is sufficient. I do know this, Lord. That in any trial, that any burden, that any circumstance we're facing, that you are still on your throne. That you'll never place us on that counter. You'll never ask us to jump where you're not able to see it through. Lord, that I believe. And I pray for those that are struggling this evening that they too would take confidence in that. If nothing else, just take confidence in that. Help them to see tomorrow. Comfort them, I pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you these things. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed.